Awesome. I am so happy to be here. Hopefully you are as well. Campus, are you in the house? Okay, okay. We're still getting over the turkey coma there. But here we go. Hey, I am just so glad to be here. And, you know, I want to ask you, how was your Thanksgiving? I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, a great time uh, to connect with family, to eat some awesome food, uh, to watch some football. If you're a Packers fan, I'm sorry. If you're a Cowboys fan as well, tough time to be a Cowboy fan. But uh, hopefully you rejoice in the fact that you are together with family. And uh, here's a little uh, picture of my family, uh, and it's crazy. Um, you know, it started with the original six. Now there's like 14, 15 of us and growing by the day, you know. Uh, we had three new little ones, uh, or two, little, uh, two new ones that were added recently in the past uh, three months. And my wife, you know, and I got uh, married, uh, so that was exciting. And it was just a great time to connect. Um, yesterday, we, it, was, it was cool because uh, I had my first Thanksgiving with my in-laws. And uh, that was interesting. You know, you're kind of like, hey, how do I feel about this? And I don't know, when you got married, when you went through the transition of like, hey, you know, now I'm starting my own family. Okay, you know, and, and you got in-laws. And what's crazy is that it's, it's three girls, you know. There's no guys in there. And I was the only guy in there. I'm like, oh, God, I hope I don't say the wrong thing. You know, it's, it's, it was, but it was a great time. It was a wonderful time of Thanksgiving. And hopefully you you're also had a great uh, Thanksgiving. But what I want to talk about this morning is called the attitude of gratitude. All right? And hopefully that rings. You know, that, that sounds familiar so we can stick to it in, in our minds. The attitude of gratitude. And, uh, you know, it's important to understand that there's a paradox in gratitude but there's also power in being a grateful person. And that's what we're going to go ahead and talk about this morning. We're going to go ahead and look into the scripture. So please take out your phones or the script, you know, the Bible. We're going to do a, quite a bit of reading, so hopefully you can come with me. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, the word of God says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you cast that? See, a lot of times we wonder, well, God, what is your will for me in every particular situation? Should I move here? Should I take this job? Should I, you know, take this class? Should I focus on this major? Or, you know, what college should I go to? What is God's will for you? You know, a lot of times the, the minor details of life, they're unknown to us. But I can tell you confidently that based on this scripture, you know, God's will for us is for us to be grateful. All right? I don't know what you're thinking, but this morning is, hey, God wants us to be grateful. So let's look at the paradox of gratitude and the power of gratitude in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 24. So hopefully you got your, your phone now, your iPad, your handy old Bible there. You know, let's go ahead and look at it. We're going to do quite a bit of reading in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 24. It says, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. So they brought them before the magistrates and said, 
These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept their practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. It says, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them into the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, so what's happening in the story here? You know, you have Paul that starts planting churches. He enters the uh, Macedonia area in Europe. And as he's preaching God's word, there's this woman going, hey, this man is trying to proclaim the word of God to you. Imagine if you're trying to share with somebody and there's a lady going, hey, this person is trying to help you to know God, you know? Wouldn't that be a little annoying there for a woman? You'd be like, okay, okay, hey, I got this. You know, so that's kind of what happened. This woman kept doing this day after day. So after a while, Paul says, hey, you know what? Enough. I'm going to go ahead. Hey, demon come out. And uh, spirit leaves. However, she was a slave. And, and as she was a slave, the owners looked and they were like, hey, this you know, there goes our, our way of making money. What are we going to do? You know, they start getting angry. So they, they turn to Paul and Silas, and they had them falsely accused, and they get put into prison. They get beaten. They, be, they, they get stripped. They get beaten, and then they get flogged, and they get put into jail. Imagine if that was you for a moment. Imagine if you are out trying to preach God's word. You're trying to make an impact, and all of a sudden, something horrible like that happens to you. How would you have been feeling? How would you have been responding in that time? You know, and I, I, I can think, man, I'm like, I can be critical. I can be angry towards God. God, I'm trying to do what's right, but all of a sudden I'm being put into prison. This is so unfair. I'm angry. You start questioning what God is doing. But look at what Paul and, look at, uh, Paul and Silas and their response. In verse 25, it says, oh, wrong way. The, right, um, in verse 20, it says, what is Paul and Silas' response? It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Wait, what? What is this guy doing? He's praying and singing hymns to God. After what? After he had just been severely flogged. He's singing and, and praying to God. And that's, I find that really challenging because here we understand a principle that Paul can help us to understand. And that is that joy, prayer, and thanksgiving don't depend on good circumstances. I'll say that again. Joy, prayer, and thanksgiving don't depend on good circumstances. Because a lot of us are like, hey, you know what? I'll be happy when I earn this amount of money. I'll be joyful when I have my, finally I'm out of college and I don't have to be pulling all-nighters. You know, I'll finally be joyful when my health is better. You know, and the thing is, is that we got to understand this principle. is that we can learn to be thankful in all circumstances. You don't necessarily have to be thankful for all circumstances. So l l let me explain that. You know, we can be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't mean that you appreciate everything bad that comes to you. You know, you can be thankful in all circumstances. Are you guys with me? All right. I know I'm moving quick here because I got a lot to cover, and hopefully you're excited. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot to be thankful for. You know, a lot of times many of us walk around like this guy right here. Uh, it's emoji. You know, we, we're, we, we've been hit with life tough situations. You know, we, we become very complaining. Uh, we're complaining. We, we lose our gratitude towards God. 
you know, uh, we walk around and we're just like, you know, we have a permanent frown in our face. And um, even when good things happen, we don't see them. Even when great things are happening, we stop to take the time to say, hey, God, thank you. But here's what I want to encourage you, that even in the tough situations, you can still have a smiley face. All right? Even in the tough situations, you can find what you're grateful for. And, and you might be like, well, David, you don't understand. It's really challenging. You, you don't understand my condition. I'm going through very difficult things. I, uh, I, I'm talking to you, especially you. I want you to look for the things that can make you grateful. You know? And, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the origin of, of Thanksgiving. Do you guys know how it started? You know, I know I love to eat it. I look forward to it. But I was like, hey, what's the origin of Thanksgiving? And um, here, listen to this. Um, in the winter of 1609 through 1610 in Jamestown, Virginia, it generated a famine that caused the death of 430 settlers. Only 60 survived. 430 people died and only 60 survived. That was the winter between uh, 1609 through 1610. And if you can imagine that, that must have been pretty crazy because there's no internet access. There's no, you know, aircraft coming in to drop off some food. As a matter of fact, there's no other town or city that you can run to. You are the establishment. You're the beginning of this great country. What do you do? And what's interesting is that, you know, um, a ship finally arrives and, and they had a small meal together thanking God. They were praying to God for their supplies to come, and they finally came, and there's only 60 people left that survived. That's the origin of the first recorded Thanksgiving meal. It was in a small little gathering in the midst of difficult times. And that is the paradox of gratitude, is that we can learn to be grateful in the midst of challenging situations. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because I want to ask you, where would you, what would you be focused on? Would you be had focused on the 430 that died, or would you have been grateful that you were still making and trying to, uh, you know, move forward? And, and it happens to all of us even now. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. At the end of September, I was on a double date, um, and I was taking out my wife. We were going to San Diego, super exciting, and we're one exit away from getting to our destination, and guess what happened? Get into this terrible car accident. You know, the, 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 the freeway comes to a complete stop around the corner. We stop, and you think you made it, and the car behind you doesn't. So, boom, we get hit. Horrible. You know, our car got totaled. It was painful. But at that moment, I had a decision to make. Do I focus on the loss of the car and the fact that, oh, my gosh, my plans are ruined? Or do I get out of there still being grateful that we're alive? You know, and that's the decision we constantly have to make with every, every decisions that we come around. For example, maybe you're married, and, and maybe you can be tended to focus on the problems of, of your spouse. Do you focus on the gratitude? Uh, you know, are you grateful for the fact that God's giving you someone special? You know, you have your kids, and you're like, man, you don't understand, David. These kids don't listen. But are you focused on, on the fact that they bring incredible joy to your life? You know, some of us are in school, you know, whether you're in high school or college, and you're like, man, all-nighters suck. They stink. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be going to school anymore. Or are we grateful that we can have a higher education? Are we grateful that we can get something going for ourselves? And that's the beginning of our Thanksgiving. It started in the midst of difficult times. But that was the first recorded meal. But if we continue, check out what Abraham Lincoln um, says. 
It says, most folks are as happy as they make up their mind to be. And it's interesting that he said this because obviously the first recorded uh, Thanksgiving meal was in the early 1600s. But the actual first holiday or, or the, the declaration of Thanksgiving didn't happen until 1863. And if you know your American history, 1863 happened to be right in the middle of the Civil War. And here's what he says. I want to go ahead and, and, and read about the, the Thanksgiving proclamation that he made. And, and listen to the words that are careful, but think about when is this happening? It's happening in the middle of an American crisis. When people are dying left and right, hundreds and thousands of soldiers are dying. But uh, Abraham Lincoln decides to appoint the last Thursday of November as a national Thanksgiving holiday. And here what he sa- this is what he says in, in this uh, Thanksgiving proclamation. It says, The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they came. It says, Others have been added, which are so extraordinary in nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart that is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of the Almighty God. In the midst of civil war of of unequaled magnitude and severity. So what is Abraham Lincoln saying? Is saying, look, our hearts can easily become hardened. Our hearts can easily forget the things that we're grateful for. And here he is thanking God. He's saying, you know what? We got to go back and thank God, the Almighty God. Imagine if a modern-day president is making a statement like that, huh? That would, be, that would be rocking us. This is awesome. But he continues. It says, No human counsel has devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out this great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. If it has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart, and in one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November uh, as the day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. These are Abraham Lincoln's words in the Thanksgiving proclamation of October 3, 1863. He's saying, you know what, we need to take the time to be grateful. But let's go back to our original story. Let's go back to Acts chapter uh, 16 and verse 25. Now we're going to go ahead and look at the power of gratitude. And this is really amazing. Are you guys with me, church? All right, you guys are a little quiet. I know I'm talking here a lot. Uh, But here I want to look at, so that's the paradox of gratitude. And that is that we can still be grateful even through difficult circumstances. But now... I want to look at the power of gratitude. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prisoners' doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Because he had, thought to the prisoner, he had thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shot it. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailers called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them, brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your, and your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them in and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. Look at that. They're having a little Thanksgiving gathering right there, huh? It says right there, verse 34, the jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Verse 35, it says, when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, um, the jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, and even though we're Roman citizens and threw us into prison, and now they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came and appeased them and escorted them into the prison, requesting them to, live, to leave the city. Check this out in verse 40. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. Do you get what's happening in the story? So here, you know, um, violent earthquake happens. The, 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 uh, the chains are released. And here he is giving, praising and giving thanks to God. And the jailer is about to kill himself. But because something powerful starts happening when we start becoming grateful. We start getting people's attention. You know, you start becoming someone that, hey, people are going to start looking to when you're a person that is grateful. And, you know, here's the power that is being displayed through gratitude because of Paul's gratitude, some people became to believe in God. And, and that's super powerful for us to remember because, you know, for many of us, we're more repellent than we're attractive. Let's be honest, you know, and I'll be honest here, it's like, whoa, you know, some of us become more repellent than attractive. Why? You know, because we're complainers. We're gripers. We're constantly saying, hey, people come up to you, hey, how was your day today? You know, it, it could be better, you know. It's, and, and, oh, hey, how's your week going? Well, let me tell you all about it. Do you have some time? You're kind of like, no, never mind. Hey, I got to go, you know. It's, hey, you're looking to run away from those people. Why? Because a lack of gratitude pushes people away, you know. And, and, and on the contrary, when you're a grateful person, you become a magnet for people. You know, people want to, we can notice joy and grateful people from miles away. But more importantly than moving people, we can move God. Now, one of, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of grateful people become magnets of joy. And here's what happened this past Tuesday. I don't know if you were here this past Tuesday. It was an incredible time. It was the parent appreciation night, all right? And, and it was my first time experiencing this uh, here and it was such a wonderful time. It was a time where, where the teens and, and the campus, you know, they, they got some pizza and untraditional food and, and welcomed the parents. And there was about over 100 people in the back area there. And what was really powerful and moving was seeing the college students and the teens share their gratitude to their parents. I want to commend them for that. Let's give them a round of applause. That was, takes a lot of courage to go up and share what you're grateful for. You know, because, uh, and it's, it's interesting because, you see, we take note of people that are grateful, don't we? 
we take note, and those people impact our lives. And I, and I want to ask you, you know, are you impacting people through your gratitude? You know, and uh, here's the example of power of gratitude. Let's go on back to, oh, go on. let's go to the, uh, let me skip that. Uh, the example of power of gratitude. See, um, gratitude, not only does it move people, but it also moves God. In verse 25 through 27, let's look at this from God's perspective. You have two Christians here, two disciples, that were trying to advance God's word. They get beaten and get thrown into jail. You know, and instead of them complaining, griping, and saying, God, this is unfair, unjust, they're praising God. And what ends up happening is God sees that. God sees our heart. And he said, these are the types of people that I'm looking for. These are the people that I'm looking for, people that are grateful in all circumstances. And as a result, there's a, a, a violent earthquake, and, and you know, um, the chains get loose, they get released, um, and, and God moves because of that. Um, but however many of us, we have everything we need, we have everything we want, but we have a hard time expressing our gratitude. You know, why is that? Because, you know, we just get into this negative vibe, negative mindset, and we're and we're miles away from God. And, you know, I don't know if you can relate with me, but when you start becoming ungrateful, you start feeling distant from God. Maybe your sin starts coming back and haunts you. You know, I'll confess with you, yesterday I was working on the lesson, and I had a, 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 a memory of my past, of my sin, and it was really hard for me to continue with my lesson. I had to stop and pray for a second because I just, I just felt so distant from God. I was losing my gratitude on my sins being forgiven. And some of us here, you know, we're feeling distant from God. Some of us are wondering, hey, God, I don't see you working in my life. What's going on? Hey, God, hey, God I don't have this connection. Are you still with me? We feel like we're in this deep, dark hole. You know, and if you can relate, the beautiful thing is that the Bible provides some guidance if you're there this morning. Look at Psalms 50. You don't have to turn there, but here in Psalms 50, verse 14 through 15, it says... Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. So what is God saying here is sacrifice thank offerings. In other words, bring your heart of gratitude. And look at verse 23. It says, he who sacrifices thank offerings honors me. You want to honor God? Praise him and thank him for the things that he's doing in your life. You know, it says, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. And, and that's really powerful because when we think about that, when we start becoming grateful, what's the first step of getting out of a rut? What's the first step to trying to change our hearts? It's start praising God. Start thanking God for the things that he's doing in your life. You know, um, and, and what is really powerful about this is that, uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, Gratitude that touches God uh, happens when we're expressing our gratitude to him. And I want to share a little bit about Karen's grateful heart. And, and if you don't know Karen, that's Patty's younger sister. And at, on Thursday, as we were having the dinner together and we were coming up to a wrap, uh, you know, it's like 1230 or so, 12 o'clock. And then we're just kind of going around and saying, hey, what are we grateful for? And Karen starts sharing her story. And, and here's the powerful story that I was like, man, this is this is good stuff. I've got to share this. What ends up happening is six years ago, Karen gets reached out at Cal State Northridge, and she gets baptized. 
But something powerful happened when she got baptized. Her heart moved. She went from a person that was dealing with sin and anger and hurt to a person that was grateful. Not only did she become grateful for her joy of, of, of salvation, but she said, you know what? I got to make it my mission to reach out to my family. I got to make it my priority. Everything that I'm going to do, I'm going to be deliberate about it. So she goes out a year later after she gets baptized, and she goes and meets with her dad in the East Coast. They have a good talk. They, you know, they, 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 there's forgiveness. There's uh, good reconciliation. And after that, her dad starts studying the Bible. He gets baptized a year later. He was dating a, a girl. She gets baptized, and now they're married. So that's, I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Okay, it doesn't stop there, but then it gets to my favorite part of the story because a couple months later, the most important person in my life gets reached out to, and in February, Patty gets baptized in 2012. So I'm just like, dude, this is awesome, you know, the, the power of a grateful heart. But it, the month after that, her younger sister Lucy from the teen ministry, you know, she gets baptized. And I'm just kind of like, wow, I'm like, you know, where is this coming from? As I was looking at Karen's heart and as she was expressing, you know, the story, I could see her face lighting up. I could see her joy lighting up. Why? Because she was a woman that was grateful. And not only there, three, about three and a half weeks ago, you know, uh, I got a, a privilege to see this one, Karen's grateful heart, but their mom got baptized four weeks ago. You know, isn't that amazing? I'm like, I got a chance to witness this, you know. They're just having a great time. They're being joyful. That was a really powerful time. That's her getting out of the water. And it was just moving to see that. And it doesn't stop there, you know. Uh, um, their stepdad is also studying the Bible. He's here this morning. He's studying the Bible right now. Their stepdad right here, uh, Will, you know. So, so you got to ask yourself, how is this happening? Why does this happen? It's the power of gratitude. You know, it wasn't them. It's, it's that gratitude moves the unmovable. You know, and, and a lot of times we're like, hey, God, I, I want to reach out to my family. I want to help many people come to know God. But the question is, you know, are you having a gratitude that moves the unmovable? Um, and this goes back to the paradox of gratitude. Let's go back to the original scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, and, and for some of us, we get frustrated. You know, we want to help many people know God, but we're not being very effective. You know, we're like, hey, God, I want to make a bigger impact. I want to save people. I want people to know you. And, but we're frustrated because it's not happening. But see, I think a lot of times... It comes down to our level of gratitude. The question you got to ask yourself is, are you radiating thanks today? When people come in contact with you, do they feel uplifted and joyful around you? And, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times we're like, well, David, you know, you don't understand. Maybe when I, when I get this kind of job, when I have this salary, or, you know, when I get my degree, or, or you know, when, when I'm in better health condition, then I'm going to go ahead and focus on, on other, helping other people. But guys, brothers and sisters, that is a lie from Satan. You don't have to wait for the right circumstances. We can be grateful in all circumstances. 
All right, and, uh, and as we walk around and we think about that, we can definitely make a difference. And, and maybe you're a college student, and you're like, hey, you know, I got finals coming up, David. You don't understand. I don't have time, time for this. What? You know, I have a lot going on. Or maybe you're like, hey, I have tremendous long work hours. But even in the midst of what you're doing, you can still be grateful. And whenever you're grateful, people will be drawn to you, and they're going to say, hey, where is this joy coming from? Where is this gratitude coming from? And you can clearly, uh, you know, proclaim God's word through that as saying, hey, God and his salvation and his love gives me this joy. Amen? Amen. So do you want to impact people around you? Yeah. Do you want to impact pe people around you? Yeah. Start by being grateful. It will inspire people around you. All right? Uh, so a couple of practicals. Here are some practicals for us to walk away with. Um, take some time today, this week, or maybe on, later on this afternoon, to write things down that you're grateful for. Take a moment to write them down. Take a moment to realize, hey, you know what? This is how God has blessed me. And you'll be surprised. You probably have a lot more blessings than what you can think of. You know, there, you'll be surprised at what you find. You know, and, and the next step, if once you write things down, I want to encourage you to go ahead and express that gratitude to someone else. Maybe mom or dad or a brother or sister, maybe someone in this fellowship have been there for you. Take the moment to express that gratitude to them. You know, my wife does an incredible job at this. You know, every morning or, you know, somewhere throughout the day, she's like, David, have I told you that I'm grateful for you? I'm just kind of like, man, I just want to kiss her, you know. She's a, that's a great, sweet heart. And I'm just kind of like, wow, that, I, I look forward to that, honestly. You know, it sounds simple. But maybe you're like, hey, David, you don't understand. I'm a guy. And I don't, I don't really get all emotional. You know, I don't share, you know. Hey, you can do something simple. Just punch somebody in the side and be like, Psh, hey, I'm grateful for you. You know, that's it. You don't, you don't have to do a lot, you know. Just, Psh, hey, I appreciate you a lot. That's great talk. That translates to, hey, bro, you know, thank you for being there in my life, being in my presence. I love you a lot. That's what that translates to, all right? So, you know, I, I want you to go ahead and just get in the habit of expressing your gratitude and your joy to people around you. You know, um, and, and I, 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 the power of gratitude, it's super important because, like, you know, in the most unlikely circumstances, Paul was able to bring a grateful attitude. And that's what made him really powerful. And I can assure you that there's nothing that you can do that's going to bring more joy for you the rest of this year than walking around thanking God for the things that you have. And I want to give you guys, you know, I want to close it out with, look, going back to the original story about the jailer. You see, something happened in, in, in that, in that um, conversation that they had or in the Bible study that they had. See, the jailer saw that he wasn't right with God. And he made a decision to get right with God. He decided, you know what? I need to give my life over to Jesus. Not only did he believe, but he repented from his sins. How do we know he repented? He went from beating the guys to serving them food. You know, he, he turned things around when he saw the gratitude of other people. And I want you to think about what are the people that you want to impact with your gratitude? You know, and just like the jailer, maybe you're studying the Bible. Maybe you're in the middle of like, hey, I, I, I'm studying the Bible. I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you to make Jesus Lord of your life. Offer your life as, as a grateful offering to him. And you're going to be surprised on how many people you will impact. And what's really exciting is that at the end of, of this sermon, we're going to have Ken and Jessica. They're going to be getting baptized today. All right, so that's really exciting. Um, they're going to go ahead and make the decision to make Jesus Lord of their life. So 
the question you got to ask yourself is, are people attracted to your attitude of gratitude? Let's go ahead and make an impact and be grateful um, uh, this, this week and the rest of this year for the things that we have. Let's go to God in prayer, and thank you guys very much for your time. Yeah, I was going to go ahead and pray. Oh, for the communion as well. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this time. Uh, God, I am extremely grateful uh, just for the fact that you have loved us, that uh, you are constant, that you are so gracious to us. Thank you for all the things that you have blessed us with. Uh, Father, I definitely want to reflect on the cross at this point. Thank you for the fact that Jesus was willing to love us unconditionally. And I pray that we can imitate that as we have our relationships and our friendships with others, that we can give without expecting anything in return because we're grateful. Because all that we need, God, is salvation and your love, and we have that. Thank you so much again for this time. God, I pray that we can really uh, look at the cross and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. It is not in vain. It deposits this great joy and this gratitude that we can rock around with no matter our circumstances. Thank you for everyone being here. I pray that you help us to have an incredible holiday season, not filled with, you know, materialism or competition, but, God, that we can be filled with joy and gratitude. And with that, God, we'll become a beacon of light. With that, we'll bring many people to know you. God, we thank you. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm going to share this song that God put in my heart.